This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Exmo Kings Mellow, the podcast uh, that is unscripted and unprepared and unplanned for anything that you're going to hear uh, from us tonight. But hopefully um, it all comes together much like Chelsea's performance on Sunday. Uh, now, since their promotion to the WSL, Leicester have been kind opponents for the Blues, uh, with Chelsea scoring 25 unanswered goals in all the games uh, leading up to this one on Sunday. It took Chelsea less than a minute to get started with Lauren James pouncing on a mistake from Leicester to put Chelsea 1-0 up, and that lead was doubled for an own goal. Uh, just a couple of minutes after that, putting Chelsea in cruise control. Uh, but perhaps Chelsea were too comfortable uh, falling asleep for Leicester to get back in the game in the 26th minute. Uh, another rare Jess Carter mistake, although if I say another, is it really rare? Uh, turned on the halfway line and Chelsea's uh, three-at-the-back shape couldn't uh, slot together quick enough. Uh, and Rantala uh, put the ball into the top corner past Anne Katrenberger. Uh, shortly before half-time, Sam Kerr restored the two-goal advantage. Uh, she finished from Neve Charles's cross into the box. Uh, but then it was AKB's turn to have a rush of blood to the head. She stinged out of the box uh, to bring down the Leicester striker just outside her area. Lucky to escape without a red card, uh, in my opinion. Uh, she did make a great save on the resulting free kick, but the ball was turned in uh, by Tierney to make the half-time score. Chelsea 3, Leicester 2, which on reflection, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, um, was probably kind uh, to Leicester. Uh, in the second half, Chelsea again threw Lauren James and uh, mistakes at the back for Leicester, got that two-goal cushion. And then shortly before full-time, uh, Aggie Beaver-Jones, as she always does, scores another goal for Chelsea. Uh, and this is Wentzmo and King Miller episode, I believe 112, um, which is called Aggie Beaver Goals, uh, which is all I could think of uh, about five minutes before we started to record this podcast. Uh, now, I am your host, Dean, of course, joined this week by Mr. Richard Bates. Rich, how are you doing? 
Yeah, good. Thanks, Dean. Uh, and yeah, uh, happy to be back on and ready to talk about. Well, I was on the last time I was on, I think, was the Chelsea Brighton game, which was 4 2 and was a chaotic game at Kings Meadow. And so you brought me back again for another chaotic game at Kings Meadow. So thanks for that. Yeah, I'm not sure how much um, correlation we can put to me choosing the guests and the dates to how chaotic Chelsea are playing. Um, this has been a bit of a chaotic season. Uh, and joining us is the excellent Sophie Spittle, I believe, has finished her dinner. Uh, so I can say hello to her now. Sophie, good evening. Good evening. Yes, I have just literally finished my dinner. Thank you very much for waiting for me. That is okay. Um, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Managed to pick up a cold last week again in the Paris game, but apart from that, I'm all good. So, yeah, it was cold, especially outside uh, Kings Meadow selling uh, Kings Meadow Chronicle uh, with no gloves. Um, so they're on the Christmas list, as is another pair of socks because I think it's freezing. Uh, it was cold, but um, yeah, we're going to get into. Sort of all that on the show tonight, we're going to look at the team selection as always, uh, Chelsea's fast start, how they fell asleep, mistakes from AKB and Jess Carter. And then the second half, sort of cruise control, really, as they limited Leicester's uh, threat and walked away with all three points. Um, as it's an international break, that is probably it for tonight. We might come back next week if I can plan something uh, with the news about the new owners of the WSL and the Championship, Newco. I believe they're called. I've only literally just seen it on Twitter, so we're not going to ask any questions about that. Um, now, remember, you can listen to the show live on Mixler every Tuesday at around 8 pm by heading to Mixler's mixlr.com and searching for Went to Mo Kings Meadow, where you can, uh, if you sign up for an account, you can follow us, then you get an email that we're live uh, so you never miss the show. And you can join in the show via the chat page uh, as we go, as Buffer already has. Uh, it's good to see you there, Buffer. Um, yeah, so we're going to get all into that straight after this. Yeah, so the final game of 2023 at Kings Meadow uh, for Chelsea against Leicester, they lined up uh, in what I'm going to call a 3 4 3 with Anne Katzenberger in goal, Eve Perisay, Jess Carter, and Maren Mielder uh, in defence. Um, Ritten Camrid, Ingall, Cuthbert, and Neve Charles as a midfield four, with Kirby James and Kerr uh, in attack. Emma Hayes using all five substitutions with Ashley Lawrence and Sorry, Ashley Lawrence, Aggie Beaver-Jones and Serkan Nuskin coming on in the 74th minute for Neve Charles, Frank Kirby and Lauren James. Uh, in the 81st minute, Jesse Fleming came on for Sam Kerr. And in the 86th minute, Anik Nowen uh, got her first minutes of the season coming on for Marin Mielder. That left Satura Musovic, Mia Fischel, uh, Hannah Hampton, Kadisha Buchanan as unused substitutes. Uh, Stats-wise, Chelsea, 59% possession, 16 shots, 7 on target, 7 corners. And 10 fouls to Leicester City's 41% possession, 11 shots, 6 on target, 3 corners and 10 fouls. Um, Now, I get into the ground 
uh, late as I'm selling the fancy. And I was waiting for actually uh, Johnny Silito, who was with you, Rich. Yeah. Saved me a copy. So I thought I'll wait for him and I'll go in. And it just got closer and closer to kick off. Thought maybe I'll miss him, but it did then arrive. Um, and I see him. And I was queuing for a nice hot cup of tea uh, as I entered the ground as Lauren James put Chelsea 1 0 up. Um, so, Rich, was you in the ground? Did you get in and manage to see that by then? Yeah, yeah, we got in uh, for the kickoff. Um, yeah, lucky like found found a, a spot on the south stand just to the right of the goal uh, with Johnny. Uh, but yeah, um, it was a beautiful defence fling pass from Leicester Sam Tierney that completely opened them up and just laid on the play for Lauren to put it into the bottom left hand corner. Really, yeah, uh, thanks Sam. I don't think we need too much help, but cheers for it anyway. Yeah, it was. I'm just watching it now as we go. Lovely pass, and it sort of starts from the quick throw, Sophie from Neve Charles into Sam Kerr. Um, whose hold up and link up play has really impressed me this season, and I don't know if I've sort of maybe forgotten that from her game in previous seasons and focused on the goals, but this is something that I think is really standing out. Maybe because she's not scoring as many as she usually does. Yeah, I think it's something that's um, last season she had improved on as well. Um, I think it's something that Emma's been working on with her because I don't remember seeing it much before last season. But I think because she's so heavily marked. If she moves further down the pitch and her marker goes with her and does the hold up play, then you, she's got the, the, the spaces then in between, um, behind her for the likes of Lauren, Guru, Neve, Fran to run on behind her. And she's getting very good at laying those flicks on, and the players are working up, working off that, um, off that around her. So, yeah, I think it's definitely improved, but I think it's probably something that's an active decision to improve rather than something that's just um, happened, so to speak. Yeah, maybe it's a consequence of this. That without right, and we're sort of playing with these two tens, much more central than out wide, and she's able to drop, and they're able to run behind her. Uh, and we're seeing that a lot. Um, and we see that Rich in the, in the second goal, a couple of minutes later, where uh, Leicester are pressing us quite high up the pitch, um, and it's AKB who you know I criticise for her with the ball at her feet, but she plays a, a great long pass, uh, which sort of breaks that press, puts us in behind. Uh, again, Lauren James with with the shot saved, it hits the defender, gets a lucky deflection in in the goal. But you know, that is a great example of of how to beat you know a very high press. Yeah, and, and Leicester were, I mean, they're much more aggressive than I can remember them before. And I guess we have got to give Willie Kirk some praise for that because you know, even though you know they've conceded five to us, yeah, you know, and they conceded six against Arsenal. They have been, you know, creating chances as well. They have been much more aggressive. Um, and, you know, certainly the result against us at the weekend was their best against us at the WSL, I'm pretty sure. Um, so they definitely made improvements. But, yeah, it was that, um, yeah, AKB, I'm pretty sure it was um, Sam got like a sort of a slight flick onto it and then it ran onto Fran and then Fran basically lays on to plate, plate yeah, lays on a plate for Lauren. Um, he, you know, uh, Leipzig makes the save. It's Nevin goes in for her own goal. We're trying to work out how it went in because it couldn't work it out from the south st- south stand being on completely opposite side of the pitch. But um, yeah, watch that back this morning. So oh, that's how it went in. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, they were definitely more aggressive. Uh, but yeah, exactly. When you got players like Sam, you can you know can turn that sort of long pass, and then you got you know it was basically what Sophie was just describing. We got Fran and Lauren running in behind as well. That link up, you know, it, it you know proved again to be devastating. 
Yeah, I was just doing the sugars in my tea because it just settled down from the first goal. So I was sorting myself out. And then they go on again. Uh, and so if you're like, sort of watching it back, because this is the only way I remember things that happened at football when I go myself. You know, that flick from Sam, as as Rich mentioned, and the, and the one flick from, from Fran as well, that connection, I think we've missed a little bit between Fran and Sam, and it shows it's still there and still can cause problems. Yeah, definitely. There's that that goal um, and one of the later goals. You can see the the relationship is coming back between Sam, Fran and Lauren again. The three of them seem to be working really well, um, using the passing between them to set each other up. Uh, it's working really well. And yeah, it is good to see um, the Kirby relationship back to hopefully where it was a couple of seasons ago, because we could do with that in the latter part of the uh, part of the season, definitely. Yeah, Chelsea sort of in cruise control. And given the previous results against Leicester, you're sort of thinking um, that, you know, it was going to be another one of those games where we're sort of 6-0 at half-time and Leicester haven't got a hope in hell's chance. But we, we let them back in the game and yeah, Richie just got turned for Liverpool's goal at Stamford Bridge and she's got turned again against Leicester and that's not like her 1v1 defending is her strength and, and twice she's been caught out. How much of an impact do you think that is maybe not having Millie beside her and is that causing issues for, for Jess? I do think it's making a difference because I think she's playing a slightly different role as a centre back. She's almost being the sort of aggressive one, the the one that tries to sort of close down the forward, whereas usually she'd be the one sort of covering in behind. And you know, Millie would also be doing the close the closing down, and um, and it's almost like at the moment because Millie's not there, she's had to sort of change roles. And yeah, this was sort of the result of. Um, you know, she lost kind of the 50-50 in the centre of the pitch uh, with Peterman, who then knocked the ball past her. And then Peterman's in at the, the rest of, I guess it's like a back two, back three at that point, because obviously, you know, it, it kind of sort of discombobulated in the middle there. Um, but yeah, and then Peterman sort of lays on to Rantala, who puts into the um, into the top corner. Um, yeah, I think it's just, I think it, it does make a difference. And I'm, I'm interested to see in how, you know, we don't know how long Millie's going to be out for. Um, you know, what is going to be the combination at centre-back that we're going to use? Because I do think Jess is one of our uh, best central defenders. You know, if I'm having a two, it's going to be Millie and Jess on current, on current form, absolutely 100%. But then you've got to find the right combination to play and the right sort of complement of, of skills. And I don't think, at least at the moment, that Jess is, you know got that sort of side where she's, you know, she's the more aggressive one. She's the one that's stepping out and trying to close people down. I think she's definitely, you know, much more suited, at least at the moment, to covering uh, someone else in behind. Yeah, I mean, Sophie, having sort of said that, not to pin the blame fully on Jess, because there's a lot for Lester to do uh, after she gets beaten. And the fact that the way that defence was set up on Sunday, I think helped Leicester score that goal. You've got Perisay and... Uh, then Mielder playing as a two and Cameron trying to get back in that right wing back position uh, which where the space was where she scored I just felt the whole game it didn't really work and it was a three then the four with Cameron much higher up the pitch and maybe she should have stuck with run with one rather than the other and I thought it kept us a bit overrun in midfield as well missing this good in there yeah, I mean, Emma made an interesting point in the press conference after the game that we only won 30% on our one-on-one duels. 
And the way Leicester play now, as Rich said earlier, they're a very aggressive team and they go one-on-one -on -one with you. And if we're only winning 30% of those duels, they are going to overrun us and they're going to be able to get in. And I think probably what happened in, in that first half was score two early goals, physically and mentally tired after a long run of games. They sort of took their foot off the gas, got a little bit complacent. And that's you sort of when you're in that situation at that level with a team like Leicester, you're going to lose those those balls. I think um, I think Rich's point about Jess Carter being the sweeper normally is really interesting because that would that would sort of suggest that actually she'd be better off being partnered with Kadisha Buchanan rather than Marin Mielda. Because uh, that's what Kadisha's strong at is going in and and doing that aggressive defending. Um, but I don't think in when you play the two of them, I don't think there's a leader in that defence then. And, and so it's like, do you have the leader and you have to chase Jess to change her, her way of playing? Or do you allow Jess to play the way she's better at playing um, and not necessarily have such a, a strong voice uh, in that defence? And when your captain's up front, then that, that becomes a bit of a, a challenge. So I think it's an interesting um, dilemma. Um, and the sooner Millie's back, the better. But whether she'll be back for the Arsenal game, who knows? Um, yeah, it's it's difficult. I mean, the the system has worked. Well, you could argue the system hasn't worked this season because we've conceded more goals quicker than we have in previous seasons. I think Harry Edwards put a, a post out saying sort of how long it took us to concede so many goals or how many games. I can't remember the exact stat. But anyway, this season was was the worst for a while. Um, but we are going all out attack wise. And I think that's that's what happens. If you go all out attack wise, then the defence inevitably suffers because you've got more players higher up the pitch. Yeah, that certainly happened uh, on Sunday. Um, and I suppose we could do a whole podcast about players that are not playing and, and why not and conspiracy theories as to, as to all these players in the squad, uh, which was again, you know, a surprise that, that now one came on uh, in the last couple of minutes. For me older, uh, whether she's looking at her, maybe to part with Jess uh, if Millie is going to be out because she's another one I think that comes out to challenge for the ball. But again, as you said, you know, there's a leader missing uh, in that back back line. Um, and I don't think uh, Perise is particularly a person to play the three at the back. Uh, not that she did anything wrong on Sunday, but um, there we go. Um, then Rachel. 15 minutes of nothingness, I suppose, in the game. And then out of nowhere, um, Sam Kerr gets gets a goal and it's all through Neve Charles taking a player on, which is something that not many players in this team do. We are sort of pass through defences, but that was that was great to see because I think the right back was called um, a bot. So I was thinking of tweeting a joke the whole game, uh, who had a good game, but she, she had her on toast there and... Um, Neve's just been been outstanding, and I mean for Sam, she just stands in one spot and puts the ball in the net, um, which is what you want your centre forward to do. But it all comes from, from Neve, doesn't it? And what a season she's having! Yeah, uh, it's a. I guess that assist is sort of the side of the confidence that she she's got at the moment, and you know, you, you know, she really does belong in the team now in in our start in our best starting eleven when everyone's back. Um, yeah took on a couple of players down on the right hand side, you know, puts in a great cro uh, great cross in to Sam and it's you know it you know, Sam, you know, it would have been hard for her to miss. Um, you know, just put it on a plate for her, you know, and it's just you know, Neve just carry on a fantastic season so far. 
I think Sam's movement was really good as well, though. She she doesn't stand still. She moves. She's sort of in line with the defender. And then if you watch it, she drifts away from the defender and in between the two central defenders because, you know, that's when Neve's going to put the ball, which yeah. makes it look like she stood still all there and Neve's found her. But her movement, if you watch it, I don't know if it's on the normal highlights or if you need to watch the extended highlights or the full match, but her movement to get into that place to find um, the position that Neve found her in was absolutely superb. And I think... That is, yeah, that, that's Sam all over, really. That movement in the box makes it incredibly difficult for her to be picked up. Yeah, well, the defender stood still, at least. Um, because yeah. she's not Sam. Um, and I suppose going back to what I was saying earlier, Sophie, you know, that the, the way the shape was and the way we tried to play with Cameron Moore, the attacking wing-back, and, and Neve sitting in to make that back four, that left-hand side in the first half, especially because we're are in the West End, was completely open and empty the whole time because Lauren James was playing basically in the middle of the pitch. And that was sort of one of the first times, or one of the only times that we had sort of Neve attacking and just it just felt odd the way that the team was set up. And if you had maybe both of them, it could have been 6-0 at halftime. Yeah, I also wonder if there's an element of Neve just being absolutely shattered um, because in the first few games in the season, she was making those runs consistently um throughout the game and I just wonder if she's trying to conserve a little bit of energy now and maybe only making them at certain points in the game to help her conserve the energy because she has played so many minutes this season um, and it's not easy running up and down the pitch um, for 90 minutes pretty much every game so I wonder if there's an element of that um, because we know she's probably going to play two ninety minutes for England as well so she's not going to get a rest in the next two weeks so I just wonder if there was an element of she was conserving her energy a little bit to try and, and then picking and choosing when she was making those runs. Because she seemed to make them a, a little bit more in towards the end of the game in the in the second half. But in the first half, there was definitely what I call a guru-shaped hole in the top left-hand side of the pitch. Yeah, I mean, there was the chance, Rich, after that, where it was cleared off the line. Um, but maybe that's you know where we are missing you know, that that. You know, naturally left footed winger in Guru would probably would have put that away. Although Neve does beat the goalkeeper, um he's cleared off the line. Yeah. Um but what what's your thoughts on, on that, the way we set up in the balance of the team? We're winning five two, but I wouldn't say we're playing particularly great football. Um I think with the way it's set up, it's um it's you've you've kind of got a hybrid of a back three and a back four. Um, so some of the time it's going to be a back a three, four, three, as you sort of mentioned at the, at the, at the start. And then uh, other times it can sort of shift it quite easily into a four, two, three, one. Um, you where you know, Eve Perisse is going to be like a wide centre back in the back three. Um, and then when it's a back four, she's, a, she's back to a four again. And then it kind of all sort of shifts around that. Um, I think they're still sort of trying to work out maybe what the best system is or they're just you know they're able to in these sorts of games they're able to basically try stuff out um because you know at times in the game you know it did look sort of like a little bit hairy because you know Leicester did create chances against us and ultimately you know it, it did end up comfortably us comfortably winning in the end but I do think there's an element to some of these games at the start of the season where Emma's just trying stuff for later in the season and to pull it out then when it matters and just to get players to sort of use to as much, to give them a sort of much tactical flexibility as, as you possibly can. And I think they've got the players to do that. 
But at the moment, I just think they're still, you know, this, the balance isn't quite right there. I mean, they're great going forward. I mean, they've scored, I think, in, we've played 10 games this season and they've scored 34 goals. So you're averaging, you know, three and a half goals a game, basically. And you're winning most games if you're doing that. But yeah, the other side, this other side of that, we are looking a bit exposed. I don't think we will play this Cavalier in bigger away games. I don't think the game's going to be as transitional away at Arsenal. Um, I don't think the game was as transitional away at Real Madrid. Um, and they did limit Real Madrid to a goal from a deflection and a penalty that wasn't a penalty. Ultimately, that's really all they did in the game. And they control, They did have a sort of a firm grasp of that game. I Well, at least I thought uh, watching it there. So, um, yeah, I think it's just, yeah, the, I think Emma's just trying stuff out at the moment and Leicester's a kind of a good opponent. You can kind of do that against. And, you know, when you're comfortable up in games, you can kind of tinker around and, you know, see what works and see what doesn't for later in the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, although, Sophie, what was going to be a sort of pretty routine half-time team talk changed, I guess, quite a lot for Chelsea just before half-time. Uh, what was they could be doing? So that's your end, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't know. Um, she, there were a couple of times where she went out and went to clear the went to clear the ball outside of a penalty area. Once she almost kicked it to the opposition. Um, another time she made a good clearance and this time she took the player out and I'm still amazed she didn't get a yellow card, um, let alone a red. Although to be fair, I think it was more of a, a coming together of the two players yeah. rather than an actual her taking the player out. I think it was more of a coming together. Those sort of came at like that, um, which meant that the forward's always going to get the the free kick in that situation, but it was almost like it was a 50-50, which is probably why no card was was dished out. Um, but we were all expecting a card to be dished out. And then when she did, we are like, oh, okay. Um, it must have been, yeah, more of a coming together. And, yeah, it was a stupid... I'm trying to remember. I don't think she needed to run out there. I think that we had it under control with the defenders. But that's AKB all over, isn't it? She will make these decisions in games. Um, and sometimes they pay off and sometimes they don't. And unfortunately, this one, it didn't pay off in that they scored from the rebound, but it was a fantastic save she made from the free kick. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's AKB, isn't it? Lover or not. <laughs> That's who yeah. she is. So you, you take that with the, the fantastic save she makes. Yeah, I mean, Richard... You know, the moment, as Sophie said, shows the duality of her, you know, a rush of blood to the head one minute, the next, the world-class save that just takes an unlucky deflection. I think their appeal for offside, the, the players, I mean, there's no angle of it to show if she is or not. Um, but, you know, that is the goalkeeper situation that we talk about every week because one week is one goalkeeper, the next week is someone else, uh, and they get a run of games and they're dropped. Um and when we come back to talk about the Arsenal game after the international break, we're going to be asking if that's the first choice goalkeeper now because they're playing on the big game. It's just all up in the air. But, you know, this, this is what, as Sophie said, this is who AKB is, you know, lover or lever. Yeah, I did write some notes down and I've wrote Jekyll and Hyde uh, because that's exactly what it is. Like, distilled in a minute, that's it's the AKB, the bad, 
and the AKB the good because the save from the free kick was very good. But yeah, um, I, just to sort of add some points to the the foul, um, it looks like um, yeah, I'd say it was more of a coming together. And Anne's come up to basically sort of make herself big, and I think Peterman sort of runs into her a bit as well. Um, the shot that Peterman took was going wide, and Marin was there behind her covering as well. So um, I don't know why a yellow wasn't given, but I'm just trying to work, maybe sort of mitigate against why it wasn't a red. I'm, I'm, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to work, remember what the letter of the law is, because, I mean, to me, I would probably be still saying it's a red, um, because, you know, it's effectively an open goal, but the shot was going wide. Um, but yeah, um, the, the save from the free kick was spectacular, but... Yeah, it fell to Tierney. You had an eventful half. Because <laughs> um, earlier, not only did she play in the pass for the first goal, um, she also got dispossessed um, for one that all between 2-1 and 3-1, um, where basically I think Fran was eventually uh, flagged for offside, but uh, Sophie and Arian basically pressed the goalkeeper in her, lost the ball, and then Fran, I think, must have been Margie offside, and then they were intact in. But yeah. Um, it was definitely eventful first half for her, uh, for Leicester. Yeah, um, exactly. With regards to the goalkeeper, I guess we'll, we'll, whoever starts at Arsenal will probably be considered the first choice goalkeeper because I don't think you're going to mess around there. With the, I don't think you're going to play an experiment there. I know Musovic played there in um, uh, in January when we went there last, but I think Musovic had played more of the games up to that point in last season. Could be wrong on that. Um, but it felt like Musovic at that point in the season was playing more of the games anyway. And Hampton's going to start 100%, though, except that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, right, speaking of the first half, 3 uh, 2, we're going to take a break now uh, before I forget. Uh, and we'll come back, we'll talk about the second half and Chelsea uh, rounding this one out quite comfortably against Leicester. Before we do that, um, a reminder that your final chance to get a copy of issue seven of King's Meadow Chronicle. Uh, is only available now online. So that's www.kingmetachronicle.bigcartel.com. There is about 12 issues, I think, left. Uh, So if you want one, you need to be quick on there. Issue 8 will be available uh, in the new year for the FA Cup game. Uh, Whoever we get in that, uh, I think the third round soon. Uh, So we should know, hopefully before I write, I have to publish it, uh, who we get in the fourth round. Uh, That was the case last year, I think, anyway. Um... And a big thank you to everyone that stopped by and picked up a copy uh, outside of King's Meadow uh, on Sunday. It helped warm me up because it was cold. Uh, and a shout out to Christian as well as the Patreon who come and said hello. Uh, so a big thank you again to you for being one of our Patreons. Uh, more about that before we go later. Uh, and we'll be right back after this short break. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, 
protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to part two of Went to Mo Kings Meadow, episode 112. Um, so at 3-2 half-time, Sophie, I mean, where I was, there's no real concern, there's no real talk about the game as such. Um, just expecting Chelsea to go on and win it. Was that similar in, in the South then? Yeah, I think so. I think there was an expectation that, or definitely a hope that we go on and score and you got a few more goals. As I've said numerous times before, I'm a football pessimist, so I wouldn't. I was uh, was not on the uh, not on the optimistic side. Um, but yeah, I think once we got the, I think whoever got the next goal was that was going to be the important thing, and it was us that went on and get the got the next goal, which I think probably settled us down and, and helped us out. Yeah, speaking of Rich, you know, another one of those goals, I think I've said this every week this season, but a great Chelsea uh, goal where they win back possession high up the pitch, a uh, quick couple of passes, uh, and then Lauren James is in it, and what a finish that was. Yeah, it was a lovely clip finish. Um, I think it was um, Howard for Leicester, who was the one, she basically played a ball back to one of her uh, def- uh, defenders, Um and then she just done. She just basically just um, no. So yeah, so I'm thinking about the, the next chance that happens later, sort of later on. But um, yeah, uh, pressure from Sam basically forces the bad pass from Sophie Howard, and she, you know, she plays it straight to Fran. And then Fran's first time ball is the thing that just sets up the goal. It's brilliantly weighted. Um, Fran had a load of really good passes in this game. You know, she set up the one for Eve Charles's chance. It got cleared off the line in the first half. Um, you know, passing wise, you know, Fran really seemed to be on it in this game, and you know, with the passes that good, you know, and Lauren running onto it, Yanina likes again, no chance. <laughs> uh, when Lauren sort of bearing down on goal like that, um, yeah, lovely thing, finish into the corner, and you know, it made that it made it almost because it was at the start of the second half that you know, I guess it immediately reacts to everyone else, um, in the crowd anyway. Yeah, I mean, she just makes it look so easy, doesn't she, Sophie, these finishes, especially like, with the first goal and, then, and this one. Like, it should be quite hard to beat the goalkeeper from the angle, but it's just not for her. No, as we said, we just stood there, we just stood there and said, wow, what a goal, that's just LJ all over. It's so audacious um, to dink it rather than try and sort of place it. It's just, I just think it speaks volume to where her confidence is and how much she's enjoying her football at the moment. Um, the amount of goals she's scoring, the way she's playing, the way she's linking up with Fran and Sam, um, yeah, I think I think it bodes well if if that gets retained for us for the next part of the the season. Hopefully, she has a a good international um, break with with England um, and gets some some goals and some good performances for England as well. She comes back in a good place again. Um, 
But going back to Sophie Howard, how did she manage to stay on the pitch? Because there was another couple of fouls she made which should have been yellow cards when she'd already had a yellow card. I mean, she flattened Ellen at one point. It was like Erin even. It was like, well, hang on, where's the yellow card? Well, the ref gave her a talking to, but it should have been a second yellow, so... Yeah, where I was, they were going absolutely crazy at the ref for not booking people. And I was just sort of thinking, she's a bit lenient with AKB, so maybe we should, you know, let them get away with a couple as well. Left the red in the dressing room. Yeah. In both times. <laughs> the both halves. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, there was a sort of a chance sort of that I was sort of referring to um, later on where um, Howard basically played a ball back um, to one of the other Leicester defenders and she just doesn't see Sam coming and then Sam just immediately sort of running onto it and going, she probably should score. But um, I guess I guess it's one of them where Sam, if she's got that sort of time to think about it, she does, she can miss. If she if she's not really sort of thinking about the finish, she almost certainly scores, scores it. But yeah, if she made, you know, she tried to hit into the sort of the, the same uh, part of the goal that Lauren did with the chip, but uh, Leipzig make a good save there. Um I also think Leipzig was very quick off her line and made yeah. us, made it difficult for, yeah. for Sam to see the, the edges of the goal. She closed down the angle well and also I think a covering defender basically put off the other side of the goal. So she had to go that way. So I guess it was good defending from Leicester ultimately as well. Yeah, in that final moment, I suppose at least. Um, and then we sort of, not only had a chance off the line, I think it was Perisay cleared off the line uh, from a corner. Uh, but we'll put the cherry on top of the cake, Sophie, with you know, Aggie Beaver Jones. Obviously, we called the show tonight Aggie Beaver Goals. Uh, five in five for her. Um, she's had one start in the game against Liverpool where I think she did okay. Nothing sort of incredible uh, apart from scoring. Uh, but, you know, we want the strikers to score. And she's outscoring Sam Kerr in the WSL, I believe, uh, off the top of my head. So I think they have a bit of banter about that, don't they, on... Uh, Instagram, uh, but you know, seeing her go to Everton and sort of struggle a bit to scoring goals for her to come in and sort of score every game, uh, is fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, the header was amazing. I thought it was going to go wide, and then the last minute, because I was sort of diagonally behind it, I thought it was going to go wide, and the last minute just sort of almost bounced into the goal. It was like fantastic. Um, I just think that there's probably that shows the difference in quality that she's playing with now compared to what she was playing with last season. She's got a few goals and that's given her the confidence. But when you've got the players like Lauren and Sam and Neve and Ev putting crosses in for you, no offence to Everton, they're a different level compared to what Everton were last season. And I think that probably makes it easier for her to to score the goals because she's definitely getting herself she's she's getting herself in the right position to score the goals as well. But equally, what the first two or three two or three goals she scored, she's made herself. She's sort of run in and and actually created the opportunity herself. Um, but again, that could be to do with the space that the other players around her have created for her um, having that quality. But yeah, what a person to bring off the bench because she's so intense in everything that she does. She puts 110% into everything she does. She runs after every ball. She makes life difficult for the defenders. And I think Emma said it. She says, what, a, what an asset to bring off the bench to run at tired defenders is, is someone like Aggie Beaver-Jones, who just doesn't give up. She doesn't know what the meaning of give up is. Um, and she get, she's getting a reward by scoring five goals in five games. Yeah, I mean, Rich, every time she's come off the bench, she's impressed me uh, loads. I think the game... 
gives Liverpool's halves playing on the right wing, you know, not sort of a natural position for her. And I think she lacked a bit of maybe tactical awareness in the position of, of what to do and when to do it, although she did get, you know, a great goal. But you know, watching watching her goal back, you know, she's the one that drops it in from that central forward position, plays the one two with Ingle and it goes back out wide. And then she makes that run into the box off. I think it's Howard actually, uh, looking at it here, uh, in in between the fence and a, a great header. And from where I was, it seemed to go in slow motion into the corner. And the goalkeeper sort of expecting her to get there one day. I think she might be still on her way. Uh, but um, yeah, into the corner of the net, and it's sort of always special when the academy player does well. Yeah. Um... She scored a WSL goal every 28 minutes. Um, so, you know, if she keeps up for the rest of the career, she'll be the greatest footballer that ever lived. So, you know, <laughs> um, it's a hard standard to maintain. But, you know, at the moment, it's the, the different type of finishes she's, she's got. Like, And also, you referred to her playing in the centre there and she played up right against Liverpool. She was out on the left against Aston Villa and she scored a goal that um, that was reminiscent of Thierry Henry. Um, I watched that goal so many times. He scored for the Arsenal men's side, uh, year on year. Just sort of down that left channel, sticks it into the um, into the bottom uh, right hand corner. You know the the Everton goal away from home. She hits it in the top corner of the left foot, and you know now the last two goals have come both come from headers, different types of uh, headed goals. Um, I mean that goal in particular, very reminiscent of when. Cesar Pilaqueta and Alvaro Morata, they used to do that combination loads of times where, in, in this case, it's Ev Perise, um in Dave's role. Um, and she she's kind of coming like, a, it's almost like, not she's not like really wide, but um, she gets like enough sort of on the cross or enough curve on the cross that it enables to, it's able to get to Aggie. And then Aggie just, yeah, just, directs his head up, you know, perfectly into the corner. As I said, it did look like it went in in slow motion during the time. I was trying to work out where it went. And, you know, it turns out he had incredible accuracy in it. Um, but, yeah, um, the only other player that's sort of close to the uh, goals per minute at the moment is Rachel Williams, who, you know, has is been another super sub and has been for years. who's scoring near a goal every 40 minutes. So, um, yeah, that's... You know, she's made an incredible impact so far. Um, and, you know, long, long may it continue. And if it does continue, she'll be in the England team pretty quick. And she she could be close to starting. I mean, I know we've got so many great attacking players at Chelsea at the moment. But, you know, if you score a goal every 28 minutes, it's very hard to ignore. Yeah, I mean, Sophie Rich has so many great attacking talents. And Emma Hayes turns and looks at her bench and she's got me official and she's got Aggie Beaver-Jones and she's sticking with Aggie Beaver-Jones to come on over me official and that must give her the confidence as well that the manager trusts her and it's something that not as so that hasn't been labelled at Emma Hayes before I think in her in her tenure sort of to trust the young players over the more experienced one I know Mia's not exactly you know older self but you know, Aggie is that young academy player the, the, the kid of the, of the squad basically uh, but she's she's got a, quite a lot of minutes and you know she's she's reaping the benefits of that yeah definitely um I think it helps that she can play anywhere across that front line. Uh, so you can take off, say, Canarid and put her at right wing. You can then take off Sam Kerr and move her into the middle and bring Jesse Fleming on um, or whoever to fill that position. So I think that helps. Whereas I think Mia Fisher is definitely more of an, an out-and-out striker who is 
still adapting to the WSL. Aggie had last season to adapt to the WSL, so she she knows what's it about, what it's about. Um, probably more than me official does at the moment. Um, but yeah, it, it's brilliant to see. Um, and I think she she's she's obviously stayed this season where everyone's saying, well, she needs to go out and load, she's not going to get the minutes, and she's she's proved everybody who who backed her right. Um, whether that's she's outperformed what people were expecting her to within the club or whether she's performing at the level they expected, we don't know. But she's definitely probably outperforming supporters' expectations for her, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. It's great that um, we don't then have to rely on Sam Kerr uh, to score every week uh, for something to happen uh, because we are spreading the goals. Um, now, I did do a player of the match poll, uh, which was uh, Sam Kerr got 7% of the vote, um, Neve Charles 15 uh, Eve Perisay 16 uh, and the winner was 62% was Lauren James uh, for an unofficial hat-trick we're still calling it at the minute um, so if you always have a different name to the four that I put in there so who was your player of the match? I know we, we, me and my friends were discussing it and Lauren James was the obvious candidate um, but we actually voted for Eve Perisay because she we thought she was her usual steady reliable um, self and she didn't really put a foot wrong. Maybe she was slightly out of position for their first goal, but I think that's probably been slightly harsh. Um, and she put the cross in for Aggie's Aggie's job, and she just yeah, she's just a steady defender. She's she's a seven eight out of ten every game. Um, Paolo Ferreira or Cesar Aspilicueta, um, and that's what you want from a fullback. I think especially a fullback that has to defend rather than go forward. Yeah, and I've been unimpressed by Ashley Lawrence actually. Uh, maybe it means time to adjust, but uh, Perisse was start for me, and I'm glad she was in the four I chose. Uh, usually with Sophie, it's a different name altogether, and I feel stupid. Uh, Rich, what about yourself? I think I would also say, to be honest, um, she's she's a really important player in that. I sort of mentioned the tactical flexibility earlier on, where she plays as a wide centre back in a back three, and as a full back, as a right back as a in the back four. And I think she could do it both equally well. And there's not many players who could, you know, potentially do both. I mean, I did mention, you know, make a comparison to Aspilicueta earlier. And he, he was someone who could do both, you know, at you know, at his peak. Um, and yeah, she's just a really solid player. And yeah, I think she defended really well. There were some um she made a couple of good blocks um in the first half, um, sort of right in front of me, or at least the position I was in the stand. Um, and yeah, of course she got an assist sort of later on in the game. But yeah, I think she, you know, she's been a very solid player for us this season. Maybe Neve Charles is slightly overshadowing her as the fullback of the season so far. But um, Eve's been a very good contributor so far. Um, and I've, you know, obviously there's an international break coming up, but I'd be pretty sure that Eve will start against Arsenal personally. Um, I think she's got a place in the team now. Down whether that's in a back three or a back four. A, I think she's, you know, an important member of the team now. Definitely at the starting level anyway. There seems to be a differential between the Champions League team and the WSL team though, doesn't there? Ashley Lawrence seems to be playing the Champions League and Ev the, the WSL, um, which is quite an interesting difference uh, in terms of maybe the way we're looking to play or the experience, the relative experience of those two players. Yeah, maybe that... Well, I know Ashley obviously played Champions League a lot for... Uh, PSG wasn't it um, so maybe she's got that uh, over Eve um, but yeah as I said I've been unimpressed with her uh, so far I think 
probably expecting the best right back in the world. Uh, it's probably unfair on her. Uh, speaks more about me than it does her anyway. Uh, but more players will settle. Um, so the last thing I want to touch on is you know Sam Sam Kerr with the captain's armband. Uh, and Rich, we weren't sure who was the vice captain. She sat in the position on photo day, uh, and then Marimielda wore the armband. Uh, and then the last two games, she's been captain. Is there perhaps some contract negotiation tactics at play? I mean, it's it's very confusing because wasn't Marin the captain last against Liverpool and Sam was starting that game? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I know Marin didn't start on, on Thursday, which kind of makes sense as to why Sam was captain then. But then Marin was there on Sunday and Sam's the captain. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Um, I mean, if they work, if the contract negotiations work, then keep giving the armband. Um, you know, I think um, Christie's been in the crowd sort of twice, and we've won both times, and I think she's scored both times in those games at least so far. So, um, you know, anything that helps her to to carry on uh, playing for us, I'd say. Uh, but yeah, it is it is a bit of a. Yeah, bit 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 of a strange one. Um, you know, they're both international captains anyway. Um, of course. Um, obviously with Marin being Norwegian captain, Sam being you know the Australian captain. Yeah, I don't know whether they've just got multiple vice captains and they're just passing it between them. I, yeah, I really don't know what's going on there. Um, I hope it's contracted, you know, and it's and it, hopefully it works. Yeah, uh, do you think we're reading too much into this, Sophie? You know. There are captains on the pitch, you know, Sophie Ingle, you know, Marin, Erin, sort of they're all leaders in their own way. But we haven't seen Sam with the armband before and I think it suits her. Yeah, no, definitely. Um who knows if we're reading into it too much, that's what we do, isn't it, with football fans. We read into everything and anything. Um it's interesting because our my immediate reaction was Sam's captain or Marin's not. Oh no, Marin is playing. Well, why was Marin captain last week and Sam captain this week? Does it really matter? I seem to I seem to remember last or sort of like when Magda got given the captaincy, they announced Millie as a vice captain, like officially announced her as the vice captain. There's been no official announcement about a vice captain this time, so I just wonder if you're right. They're just passing it amongst them. It's like the last two games, both all of Sam, Marin, and Sophie have all worn the armband. Um, as various people have come on and off the pitch so uh, yeah who knows who knows but yeah if it is to try and get her to stay then yeah I'm all for it <laughs> yeah there was a funny moment actually she gave Sam gave Sophie the armband when she went off Sophie ran and gave it to Marin and then like five minutes later she got subbed off Marin gives it back to her and I think she said to me you should have just kept it yourself so I don't think they read too much into who wears the armband uh, no, but where's the funny National captains, they're all experienced players. Um, yeah, I don't think to them it probably really matters that much. Where's the fun in that, though? Eh? <laughs> um, and we are on day two of tweeting Sam Kerr until she signs the thing. Uh, so make sure you join in with that. Uh, it worked with Erin, so it's going to work for Sam. Um, although the weather's not great, so maybe contract negotiations should have started a bit earlier than November because uh, it's freezing. But there we go. Sure, Sam she signed for us in December, didn't she? Signed for us in November, and she signed her other contract yeah. extension in November. So two more days to keep that trend going. Remember the um, uh, the design documentary, and they were basically showing around Stamford Bridge where they did the contract signing, and then um, I think what 
obviously it was heavily raining at the time and I think someone made a comment obviously because she's Australian obviously you know sort of a welcome to England type thing so <laughs> yeah don't think it matters yeah I just remembered that she saw, she joined the club at around this time uh, was it four yeah four years ago now maybe 2019 um, yeah 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 if you remember the documentary on the phone Emma says tell her it's sunshine and then it's lovely and then when she signs and it pisses down and she says, well, it's too late now. Yeah. Uh, she'd already signed. Uh, so Absolutely. that's what we've got to do to Christy, I think. Uh, trick her into thinking it's it's nice all the time. Um, we'll see. As they are engaged, uh, congratulations to them. Uh, right. On that note, that is all we've got time for this week. Uh, we will definitely be back after the Arsenal game. Whether we'll be all back before that depends on how busy I am. Uh, hopefully we can must have signed up for the international break uh, otherwise it's a bit boring isn't it um, in the meantime you can follow the show on Twitter at Mo Kings Meadow, uh, me at Dean Mears uh, Sophie at Traveller74 and Rich at Bates in the place see, I've not even written this down uh, we're also on Instagram at went to Mo Kings Meadow um, and there's something else I normally say at the end I can't remember what that is uh, but Patron yeah Patron that was it see Good job you're here. Someone knows what they're talking about. As I mentioned earlier, uh, I met Christian, who is our uh, our Patreon. Uh, He supports the show every month, uh, and in return he gets uh, ad-free listening, uh, early listening, and he also gets the summer series, 30 Years of Chelsea FC with him. Uh, And it also helps us to produce the content that you enjoy. So if you are a fan of the show uh, and you've got huge spare pounds uh, in your account, uh, why not do it to me? Uh, and I'll spend them on editing software uh, next week. Uh, you can head to www.patreon.com for the first time and you can sign up for that there. Uh, but no pressure. Uh, as I said, we'll be back at some point between now and the 12th of November. Uh, so from Kings Meadow to Wembley, keep the blue flag flying high. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. 